welcome to The Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shoutouts, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Good morning, team. Uh, welcome to uh, this week's edition of Fracture Line. We've been a little less than consistent the last couple of weeks, but we have valid excuses for that. But today we want to talk about our recent trip to Amsterdam and CWIS International, first edition. I'm joined today, as always, with Sarah Ann Whitbeck, Dr. Zachary Bauman, and Dr. Andy Dobin. Hi, guys. Morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing on this Monday? It's morning. Monday. I have a lot it's of Monday. enthusiasm for a Monday morning. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't think we've ever recorded on a Monday morning before. This maybe maybe this will be the last time we do it. <laughs> I'm really good on Monday morning, so you you may find yourself surprised. Usually it's Friday afternoons, and I'm a little droopy, but I got the rhythm and the rhyme today. I had a textbook cover from when I was in grade school. It was Garfield, and it said, "I hate Mondays with like toothpaste on his uh, paw rather than on his toothbrush." And it's just. <laughs> Well, Sarah, give us the Cliff Notes version of what transpired in Amsterdam last week. I would be happy to do that. We had our first standalone CWIS meeting in Europe last week. We have partnered in with a variety of other meetings in Europe over the years. I think we've partnered on about, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the list that we have, maybe about 10 to 12 other meetings where we've kind of partnered with other organizations or we've camped on to other other meetings that have gone on but this was our first meeting that that happened entirely free of of other things and so it was a big deal for the organization we had um 46 registered attendees which was terrific and just very, very excited about that. We had six of our industry partners that were able to participate, which is, I think, a, a huge opportunity for us to be able to, to partner with a variety of those organizations. Um, so we were, we were super excited about, about that. The event kicked off Sunday evening with a reception to thank our, our, all of our presenters, faculty, and industry partners. Um, and then we had a, a terrific day of education and case presentation, scientific presentations, etc. on Monday, as well as a dry lab on Monday <clears throat> for a couple hours. Monday evening, we took a canal boat through the canals of Amsterdam, which was amazing. Dr. Bauman showed us his DJ skills, which are plentiful. So I, I think we all learned a lot. Dr. White learned a little bit about Notorious B.I.G., which if, you know, his musical repertoire was expanded. We'll just say that. And um, then Tuesday brought more education, case presentations, and scientific uh, discussion, discussions about SID, future collaborations, research opportunities, etc. So just more, more diving into it. And then uh, people started to trickle home on Tuesday and Wednesday. So it, it really was just a jam-packed event. I think overall, we, we really packed a tremendous amount into about 48 hours. I, I, it was just a whirlwind. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I found myself, you know, just very similar to the summit where it happened so fast. And by the time it was over, it, I just could hardly believe it was over because it was so, every minute was just so busy and full and, and it was terrific. So that is the Cliff Notes version. 
And for those that are too young to know what Cliff's Notes were, they were these little yellow and black books. <laughs> because what I've discovered is this younger generation, when I make the reference to Cliff's Notes, that doesn't exist anymore. So you're welcome. We're the chat GPT uh, equivalent yes. of the- It's like the Wikipedia. Wikipedia has replaced Cliff's Notes and nobody needs it anymore. But it is how I got through a, you know, a significant portion of AP English literature in high school. So you're welcome for that. Exactly. Who else wants to contribute to that description? We had parent teacher night the other night and my son's history teacher is a junior in high school. And the, my son's history teacher said they no longer assign um, papers. What? They no longer have to write term papers because if they write them and they write oh. them at home, GPT writes them for yes. them and they only do their writing in class. So they do all their reading at home, but they're only allowed to write in class so that they know it's their own writing. That's amazing. I wow. talk about generational, talk about feeling your generational. Right. So the other thing I want to say about the summit was I always judge a meeting by how great it is, by how long it takes me to recover. And it's been almost a week that I've been home and I've hardly recovered, which means it must have been a great meeting. Yes. Yes. I think that is true. That's a good point. Andy and I, I'm still recovering from the, the bike ride you and I went on that 27 mile hike. I'm not an avid biker like you. And my blood is finally just uh, recovering from uh, riding <laughs> A little yes. Um, <laughs> has anybody actually physically seen Ed Black? Because the last time I saw him was on a canal boat, and then the most interesting Seawas member once again hey. lived up to his name. Disappeared. Ghosted. <laughs> Just a total ghost. But, but you know what? There's nothing about that that should surprise anybody. I saw him walk down an alley towards the red light district, and then that was there was just <laughs> no sign of Ed. It was over. He might still be there. We, we don't know. Check with his hospital and make sure he showed up to work at some point. <laughs> and if you're if you're listening to this, please check in. Send signs of life, please. Smoke signals will be accepted. Yes. And we'll we'd like to interview you on a future podcast to find out what exactly happened to you and what you did. Well, I will say one of our participants, Dr. Ann Schenderlin, did say to me, it's so nice to meet you face to face. I've listened to your voice on the pod for so long. It's nice to see you. And I was like, oh, we have another listener besides my mother and Dr. Schubel. So to Dr. Schenderlin, thank you so much. So delighted you're a pod listener. I was yes, very in fact, pleased. Ann was one of our uh, podium winners and her scientific work yes. will be presented at the summit guaranteed so that's uh she it was terrific to meet her absolutely dr schulstros in uh in germany so that's very exciting how many countries are represented i mean we have people from 12. um japan we had yes uh, our japan taiwan italy um, Kuwait, I can't even think of all of them. Spain, it was it was terrific. When we looked out over the crowd, we had done little flags like we were the UN. And when you looked out and saw this broad array of flags, it was very cool to be able to see where everyone was from. Although not everyone could identify all the flags. I'm not, I'm not naming names, but I am gonna say that some of us knew where the flags, you know, some of us, some of us were vexillologists and could identify Ooh. the flags. Some of us could not. So I identified uh, the Germany flags. They were definitely the best flags. Yes. <laughs> the, the German flag. I will own up to that one. I ordered all the flags 
and I, then they arrived and I didn't take them out of the wrapping. I just, you know, stuck them in the bag and figured good to go. Well, I should have unwrapped it and counted all the flags because I just took, took for granted that of course they sent them all. Well, they in fact did not send eight flags from Germany. So the day before when we were setting the room, we had to quickly print them and fortunately we had some extra flags because I had ordered extras in case we had some last minute registrations from some of the countries where we had lots of people. So then instead we were, you know, Dr. Edwards quickly made some paper flags and we were gluing them on to these, these stick flags and they did look a little janky, but it, uh, it was good to have everybody represented. Stefan isn't a very precise person, so I'm sure he wasn't following that. <laughs> right. Fortunately, German people are so casual and calm, it wasn't a big deal at all. <laughs> I think it would have been fun if, if we had displayed them upside down with the black <laughs> bar on the bottom, like, just to see what Stefan would have done with that. <laughs> sure would have drove him crazy. That would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been fantastic. How many of you uh, sampled the raw fish, the herring, the traditional Amsterdam cuisine? Only oh, I did. Oh, yeah, Zach did. I did, I did it not, when we were the there um, for the meeting with the ESTS when we were in The Hague, and it was terrible. So I did not do it again. Where was it? I never saw it. It was on every street corner. They just, it's, it's like their national thing, you know? And so it's, it's herring and raw onions and pickles and then they sprinkle some little seasoning on top i think it's salt or onion salt or something like that it's it's terrible it's absolutely terrible you turned up your nose at the at the raw onions and pickles but i'm, I'm telling you that's the only thing that makes it palatable <laughs> oh is, i love having the fish i love raw onions but the you. herring wow it took me 30 years to recover from eating off the street corner in india i don't eat off street corner. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's a it's wonderfully diverse city with the ethnicity varieties there is, are really something to behold. It was really fun. What blew my mind is how many how many bikes did they say get lost in the canals on a yearly basis? Oh, no, thousands. 18,000 18, every six months is what they dredge out. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I just don't know how you leave a bike in the canal, but I guess it's possible. Oh, I think they just bring them in. You know, when, when someone gets tired, just... Whoosh, you know, it just goes right in the canal. It's their you know, sort of management of, of all things. You don't want to jump in there blindly, uh, apparently, because there's a good chance you'll snag one of those things. Yeah. They were saying they have big <clears throat> fines if they catch you throwing things in the canal because they find people, you know, throw garbage in and they, you know, it's just kind of the catch all. And so they, they do watch pretty closely. So you have to be really cautious if you want to throw something in the canal. They were, I, was, I went on a little tour and they were talking about how, you know, people are caught throwing things in and, and there's a big fine for it. But it doesn't deter people, apparently. They, they still do it. Although, at least outside the hotel, I think we all saw that one gentleman, at least there was one gentleman who was swam quite a distance all the way down the canal. So I think in some of the bigger ones, you know, it probably is is less grimy or at least less of a potential for catching your foot on something but they're deeper those cruise ships come in there exactly so those... yeah the, like the one that was by the hotel i think they must be pretty deep for that cruise ship to come in so the swimmer probably wasn't as concerned but it was a river too so it has a yeah. current it's current but one of the things that amazed me is zach and i went pretty far outside of the city um, and it was just so incredible. There's not a lick of trash anywhere. And I noticed that and I, 
came home and I went for a bike ride about the same distance and I wanted to see how far I could go without seeing like a plastic water bottle or somebody threw some glass thing outside of their car window or something and I didn't even get like a mile before I started seeing trash and that country was pristine I mean where we were I think we we ended up getting about 14 15 miles outside of the city um, and it was just magnificent Beautiful. I thought you were going to take me out there to kill me, Andy, what was going through my head. <laughs> that was his attempt with continuing to pedal and pedal. It just worked out that you came back. He's like, yeah, come on, come on, come on this bike ride with me. It's going to be super cool. <laughs> I didn't go that fast, did I? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It actually wasn't bad at all. I just, I just don't bike like you do, so I was a little bit sore uh, for the next uh, few uh, still a little bit sore, but it's getting better. <laughs> well, let's talk for a moment about the actual engagements we had with the uh, with our delegates, our European and uh, our international delegates. Do you guys feel what what sort of takeaway impressions do you have about future collaborations and that sort of thing? Well, I think uh, if you don't mind me going first, I was. It reminded me a lot of RFC when we first started you know i think there were a lot of people are, are working in silos in a lot of ways and it was there were a lot of similarities to me from when we started CWIS years ago and just sort of how engaged everybody was how much everybody enjoyed interacting and felt like they could join together and uh and people have great ideas you know the particularly the French group out of Normandy have really done some amazing work. It just seems to me like if we could gather all those people together and just get them all on the same page, which has taken us, you know, five, seven years to do, that there's such a fertile ground for this because they all certainly have the knowledge and the skill sets and the patient populations and everything. It's just the collaboration that I think they miss. And like we all were, when we started, you know, the Jean-Marc and Mathieu from Normandy are two people in a, in a group that are basically the only two people doing it in their region. And it, they're doing a great job of it. But again, if they had a little bit more support from some of the other people within France and even from some of their outlying countries, it would just be so much more enjoyable for them and their research and everything will be so much more widely applicable so it was really eye-opening and it was great fun to see them and how engaged they were they're great people and and all, all these different groups and it's also interesting to me how parts of europe like you know stefan and germany and we've all, and and john where we've all been in collaboration already that these other people just never have gravitated towards CWIS, even though once they get involved with it, it's clear that they're going to, they're going to be part of, part of our tribe. Well, and you can definitely see how we, in our Americocentric view, think of Europe, you know, and I'm using that, you know, our, our listeners can't see it, but in this monolithic way, right, that we think of them in a group, you know, using air quotes again, like it, as a group. But they're so different, you know, literally every country is so different. And I think that's one of the things that I've really appreciated as as a learning opportunity over these past handful of years that, that we've been engaging in different regions within Europe, you know, and, and even within different countries, right? That, that in the UK, that you have Dr. Edwards as a CT surgeon, but then you also have Dr. Benjamin Oliver as a trauma surgeon, you know, so they're not, they're not different than we are in the United States, that you have different disciplines, you know, really channeling the SSRF patients 
based on regions as well. And that same thing is happening in every single country that make up Europe. And so and it really is a learning curve in every location. And so when we think about, from our perspective, strategically partnering with, again, using air quotes, partnering with Europe, there really isn't a European way or an exclusive partner to have. It really is these individual connections and connecting directly with different components. Like you say, the, the you know, team from Normandy that we worked with, and then the team from Italy that came, and you know, all of these different groups that are that make up this symphony that, that will help us have an impact in those various regions that I think is really important. And, and it's it's a slow slog, you know, it continues to build, but I think you know, each engagement we have makes it a little bit closer. You know, we get a little bit closer to the goal of having an impact and making inroads. And each time we make these relationships or, or, you know, build these relationships, they forge just a little bit more. You know, we met two of the Italians when we were at the Estes meeting in May and they brought two more to the meeting. So we ended up with four Italians at Cebus International. And, you know, I think, again, it's it's not exponential growth, but it is growth. And I think that's that's important that we can continue to build and and hopefully have a greater impact on the patient care that, that is in those regions, the way we we are growing. You know, it's it's different than the growth that we saw in the United States that was much more rapid, you know, in the inception. But I think it's good to see those slow opportunities, or I should say the opportunities, even if they are slow. And I don't want to nitpick, but two to the second power is. Thank you for that. You know what, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for helping me math better. That's well said, Sarah. I agree with all that. <laughs> I do too. I think that it was just such a diverse group. I was impressed like how these trauma patients get into these various hospitals and who's kind of, you know, in the United States, it's, it's seems like it's preferentially the trauma surgeons that are getting them in. And so I think that in the U S anyway, that, you know, rib fixation, although we have, you know, great partners that are doing thoracic surgeons and orthopedic surgeons that are doing it, I think it's kind of shifted more towards the trauma surgeon doing, doing rib fixation. But over in Europe, you know, there was, I think the trauma surgeon was probably the, we were probably the minority at this meeting and it was more thoracic surgeons, more orthopedic surgeons, which I found very interesting and refreshing. And, and it was, uh, I think CWIS is going to be this opportunity for, to bring all these specialties and all these different countries um, together and uh, really do some amazing things going forward. I agree. I think the way we have our, you know, collaborations or, the, you know, we think about kind of our Venn diagram that, that we have on our main slide of, of the three overlapping circles. I think that's especially important in this area um, because there really is no one dominant specialty in these regions is, is what I feel like I've gained the most appreciation for over these past couple of years. So I, I think we're, I think we're poised to be very helpful and to learn a lot. So that's exciting. Guys, let's final stitch. Who has one? I have one. Okay. Uh, the final stitch is supposed to be something that's on our mind, Please. right? I'm struggling this morning to think about anything except my sore body. <laughs> I was mysteriously run over by a bus <laughs> last night on a bike ride. I tried to turn right on a, a flat front tire. And for those of you who have ever tried to do that, you probably can appreciate bike doesn't turn well. So it wanted to go straight. I wanted to go right. And I landed forcefully onto my right side again. Same right hip that I've injured last year. And, um, but it's not just my hip that hurts. It's my shoulders and my calves and my back. And just the pavement is just unforgiving. Uh, and you know, it helps you to actually older, fix your tires. I'm... It does. I knew my tire was low and I was limping back to the car to change it. And uh, it flattened at some point between my last assessment of its turgidity and corner. And so when I got 
corner it was entirely flat and, and then i went flat and splat <laughs> flat flat do we think you need to put training wheels back on your bike maybe maybe that's what i need to do at least i climbed a hill zach at least i rode a few miles and climbed a few hills well that's no fun so that's what i'm thinking about i appreciate your guys' sympathy it's overwhelming <laughs> i mean i just, just i mean fused suffused with your sympathy it's going to get me through the day what, what i find is that the pavement actually is a multiplier for your age Ooh, so the so. older you are when you go down, the older you feel when you get back up. <laughs> I'm sorry, though. I feel for you, man. That hurt. There's nothing that's worse than peeling yourself off the pavement. I'm going to go if that's all right with you guys because I'm going to have to run to the operating room. But, you know, I'm always in a bad state some why for some reason before I travel, usually because, you know, you're just working hard to get the time off and everything. And I was not in a good place before I left for SeaWisp international and it's just it's so invigorating to be around friends and colleagues and new people who are just energized about the same things that you are and you always seem to come back to work with a little bit more energy and a little bit more spunk in your walk and I came back and had two nights of call I had a 24-hour shift on Saturday and was just I actually like got through it and wasn't bummed. I even I even did a fixation case during on call, um, and it just somehow it just it's invigorating. And I appreciate that about all of you guys and and all the new people that we met. Um, it's just been really it keeps it keeps you going. Thank you. It was awesome. It was a good event. Yeah. It was. Andy. Well, I guess like I can go. I got to give a shout out to Dr. Erickson. His buffs kicked the snot out of my Cornhuskers this weekend. Um, he was texting me a bunch, rubbing it in my face. Thank you, Dr. Erickson. I guess now I owe him drinks at the summit. But the on the flip side, the Cowboys, I mean, oh so, like I said, the Cowboys were fantastic last night. I'm pretty sure they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's like, wow, I think it's they look good. That, that defense. was quite the opener. But I'm glad, you know, it's it's that time of year, NFL, football. Uh, you know, it's just exciting. Actually, in fact, I think I'm going to take my kids this next Saturday to a football game. They've never been to a football game, and they were asking me to go. So I think we're going to head to uh, Huskers are back home, and it's a night game, so it'll actually work out pretty well. So I'm going to take them on cool. Saturday night. So I'm looking forward to it. And they're that looking forward will to be it, super so fun. fun. Don't you it's let cool him get too prideful about the Colorado Buffs. Don't you worry. The, the Utes <laughs> will take care of them. Yep, November 25th is coming. The youths will take care of that just fine. <laughs> There's nothing uh, like coming into Sac Lake City. It'll work out. Yeah, they'll, they'll... Sac Lake City. Mm-hmm. Sac Lake City works out just fine. <laughs> so, well, mine, I'm clearly filling in the uh, role for Dr. White of the uh, De- Debbie Downer on uh, some final stitches today. But I just have Morocco on my mind so much. I I was listening to, over the weekend, I'm sure everyone is aware, but they suffered a major earthquake and then a series of aftershocks. And so I've been listening to certainly all the news reports and as, as I'm sure everybody has been, but one of them that really touched me, they were, it was specifically from the perspective of one of the emergency room physicians there. And she specifically noted that, you know, they just have so many crush injuries. And she specifically highlighted in the, the report that I was listening to, you know, they just have so many crushed chests. And that she said they come in and they can't breathe and there's just nothing we can do for them. And I was listening to this, this news report. And I was like, oh my gosh, they need us, you know? And suddenly looking online and trying to figure out, you know, I was like, is there anyone nearby? Is there anything, you know, because they were, they, they did know that they, 
they're receiving, you know, certainly medical aid and, and medical support and, you know, people are, are coming in and they, you know, they are definitely receiving others. And so I was thinking, is there anything we can do? Is there any way we can send, you know, people or, you know, trying to imagine how we can make it work? And, you know, I know that Dr. White, you did that after the, the Nepalese earthquake a handful of years ago, but it, they're only accepting support at this time. And it may be different by the time this pod publishes, but they're, they only have ex requested help from four countries some four very specific countries. And not countries that we have close partnerships with in terms of members and anyway and so you know there's really no way for us to be supportive or offer support but it just my heart was just feeling so with them in this very sad way that you know listening to her talk about how there's just nothing they can do and how these patients are languishing and oh it just felt very very i felt very heavy-hearted about it this weekend thinking thinking about what they're going through and with such mass scale of patients. And I'm grateful for the, the patients that we are able to help, you know, support in other regions and hope that they'll be able to find comfort and relief in their own way. So the people of Morocco are just in my heart. They did highlight specifically there are so many tourists there right now. Lots of people that were in town for the holiday you know, and that there are many people just kind of wandering around whose whose hotels have been crushed or, or suffered significant damage. And so they have nowhere to go. I mean, on top of all the people whose homes were damaged, but at least they know other people, right? And so then I was kind of imagining myself, you know, at times when I've been traveling and I don't know anyone where I am, you know, or maybe I know one or two people, you know, when we go somewhere and thinking about if I knew no one and my hotel was crushed and so I had no supplies, no nothing, you know, what would I be doing wandering around in, in a country that was likewise in total despair? That, that would be very overwhelming as well. So many hard situations in that region right now. So my heart is very heavy for them and just praying for them, sending my best energy and hoping that they they can receive this this aid and hopefully find comfort soon. Thank you, Sarah. So many hard things. Hey, we need to do Monday announcements. Oh my gosh, we didn't do announcements. Way to remember the announcements. We can't leave the, we the membership leave the announcements. Well, how exciting was it, you guys, that we had a newsletter come out? <gasps> yeah, I saw that. I know, we finally had a bulletin. Thank you, thank you for people. Before you hop on this, can you see what's got hacked? Our Facebook account got hacked. So true. Our Facebook account got Dude, hacked. Dude, we're a big deal. That's a big deal now. If we're getting hacked, that's a big I deal. I know. Someone <laughs> must think we're amazing and that we have a huge following, you guys. That's, that's all I can think. Yeah, I suddenly got this screenshot from... Dr. Warner that was like, what's going on here on Facebook? I was like, oh, that's weird. Because <laughs> like, it was just a weird thing about, there's a hashtag going around something about like, glad I don't have kids. I can't remember the exact one, but have you seen this, this hashtag? Something about where people will post things that kids do that are obnoxious. And then there's some tag that people who don't have children post I mean that they tag to it and so he's like is this something you did or something like that I can't remember what he said I was like oh my gosh no I did not do that so I quickly reached out to Dr. Simone he's like oh my gosh we got hacked so he was trying to log into our account and the hackers had also changed our password so he can't even get into it now so now I mean I think that must mean we're big time you know because Obviously, I mean, if we were a no nothing, nobody would want to. We're, we're big time that's, now. I think that's the clear sign that we have ascended into notoriety. 
but we have been hacked as a matter of fact. So also interesting things going on this week. We are having chess wall. What's the official name at the Omaha meeting? I got it right here. First annual Nebraska Chess Wall Symposium. Boom, there's a flag. There you go. So if you find yourself in the Omaha region or want to be Thursday night, good, good times. That is newsworthy. Next week, we are having a non-op management webinar Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Mountain Time with Dr. Michael Guzman. It's going to be terrific. It, um, it's predicated on a presentation that he and Dr. Carrie Battle gave in at the Chess Festival International Meeting. So you will want to see it because it has been practiced to perfection at this point. And we're gonna have kind of an open dialogue and discussion about non-op management at the end. So we would like to have lots of people participate. Please, you know, join with your teams. The email went out, it's on the website, etc. So please join and uh, it's on social media. Well, it's just on Twitter now because we have no Facebook. So I guess I should say it's only on Twitter. It should be good. So that's exciting. And then case review the last Wednesday of the month at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. We are short a case. Dr. Miskimans was going to be our one of our case review presenters, but the the gods of jury duty have now beckoned him and he had to move to another month. So if you would like to take his spot, we could use another case for, for September. That seems like a lame excuse. I mean, jury duty, you can sit right? there and be on case review while you're listening to this. Exactly. <laughs> and you fill out that form, you know, about the reasons why you can't make it to jury duty. I feel like he should write in, look, I have a major presentation to give. I cannot participate in my civil service of jury duty because I have to give case exactly. review. Exactly. I agree. It seems totally worthy agree. to me. I gotta go. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Okay, go Cowboys. <laughs> All right, go Cowboys. Woo, Super Bowl, here we go.